This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Let's get right to the important stuff here, Joe. How How is the fourth kid? How's your baby? How's that coffee machine? Did it make the trip okay? It did. It uh, it got carried on in a box because I didn't trust it going underneath the plane. <laughs> um, had five bags, ten bags of being shoved in the box as well. And, um, I'm actually sitting here looking at her right now. <laughs> you got the twins. You got number three on the way. So we'll just refer to the the coffee machine as kid number four from now on because I know you're you're <laughs> very particular. You're very particular about your coffee. I did think, though, the coffee machine, that's a lot of caffeine. It gets you all amped up. Now, under the rules in the bubble in Florida where you are currently existing, aren't you in your room, period, for a certain amount of time here? Yes. We haven't uh, been able to leave. Um, so we got in. I can't even remember when we, when we, got, when we got in there Tuesday night. Um we all got tested, waited for those results to come back, uh, which I think they got yesterday. And then last night at like 9.30, 10 o'clock, um, we got tested again. And then once we get these test results back, we're allowed to leave our room. So we've all been in our rooms. I put some food at your door, knock, and, knock on the door and walk off. Um, there you go. She literally just knocked on my door with some kind of <laughs> <That's> awesome, <laughs> some kind of uh, meal, uh, which I'm sure I'll share a picture of soon. Um, and then once we pass that second test, then we can start doing things as a team. I'm assuming, I'm pretty sure, so practice and stuff. So is the you can show us how the food looks, but it, is it good? You know, is the is the warm food warm and the cold food cold and it tastes good and all that? Because if I were in a room for two straight days. You know, the food would be the entertainment. <laughs> be... Uh, no, it hasn't been very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the picture I, I sent yeah. out. Okay. Um, but there is um, a couple options on a room service that's open a certain amount of time a day. So um, we've had a couple things off that. But, um, yeah, well, hopefully it's, it's up from here. Have uh, have you had Zoom team meetings? Has Quinn been talking hoops with you and that kind of stuff? Or are you just sitting there uh, watching movies and playing computer games and reading books or whatever? Um, we had a Zoom workout. We did a little body weight um, kind of just to, to get moving a little bit. Obviously, all we've got in our room is a, is a bed and a window that doesn't open. So, um, yeah, just to get... So I guess the guys aren't in, in bed all day, but um, yeah, a little workout in and, and that was it. So hopefully we get cleared sometime this morning, lunchtime, and we can we can get a practice in tonight if possible. 
So I was watching a little, uh, I was uh, not far from you there in Orlando. Uh, Major League Soccer is restarting their season in a bubble. And I watched the first game. And granted, it's two teams who are probably lower down in the league and not very good. But it was a little ragged. And I just think that when it comes to basketball and soccer, you know, they're free-flowing games. And there's got to be a certain rhythm that's what we expect from professionals. And if you don't have that then it's really not there. And I don't know how much it's just these two teams aren't very good and maybe these two teams haven't played for four months. And when you try to translate that to basketball, do you think there's going to be a little bit of that with you guys? No matter how much you work out one-on-one, it's not the same as playing five-on-five. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll definitely take some time. And um, that's that's why the NBA wins, um, I, I guess, on this schedule and this plan. So... Um, We've got three weeks here, I think, more or less, before the first game. Um, we've got a few pre-season or whatever warm-up games um, that we can, can play, obviously, and, and get some some rust out. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, it, it'll be the fitness of getting up and down. Um, I would hope that we were, by definitely by three weeks' time, we'd be, uh, we'd be pretty much ready to go. So, um yeah, it'll be different, but it'll be fun to, to be back out there practicing, finally. Since you've had a lot of time, have you uh, spent any time reading the ESPN story about the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the rift between them? Because, Joe, you got pretty prominent placement there. <laughs> uh, I did not read it. Um, obviously saw some quotes that were pulled from the great man himself. Um, but uh, no, I didn't. I did not read. Well, let me just read the part about you, and then I won't ask you to comment so much on the other stuff. But let's see if let's see if the part about you is true. Are you ready? Brace yourself. <laughs> Joe Ingles, a respected veteran whose wry sense of humor is often an important element of the Jazz's chemistry, privately told them several weeks into the hiatus that it would be selfish and hurt their teammates if the stars held grudges against each other. Reaction. You read really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I went to college to do this, Joe. <laughs> um, what, what, what do you want me to say? I, I just say, is that fair? Is that fair? Is that accurate? This is not a quote attributed to anybody. He wrote this. And Dennis yeah, said yeah. in the Zoom, he did a good job with the story. But I know sometimes in the media, I've gotten feedback on stories I do. You know, did you miss, did you hit it on the nose? Did you miss by 2%? Did you miss by 20%? Did you barely hit the mark at all? You know, I, I get feedback on stories I do. And so I just wondered if you were characterized accurately. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to sit here and sound, sound like I'm uh, this hero or anything. But um, no, I just sent them a, a text and said some things in it. And, um they spoke and I mean it is, <laughs> I don't know, yeah I mean it, it's it's true I spoke to them but um I mean how much does that play a part I, I don't know it's, um it, it was just trying to help the situation I guess and, and get them on the same page and um there's a lot of things being written and talked about and wrote and, and all that and I think it was just time to it was time to squash it and figure it out and move on and it happened pretty quickly and I mean they're the two the the professionals that were, were in the situation and um, 
from my understanding, I mean, really the whole time it was it was it was pretty good. But I just I wanted to, to squash anything that was um, potentially building with with the articles that were coming out or the tweets or, or whatever. So um, yeah, all good. All right. So here's another thing I read, and I thought, man, what does Joe think of this? San Antonio Spurs guard Patty Mills will be donating his salary he'll learn in or, or he'll earn in Orlando. See, I don't read that well all the time, Joe. To help social justice movements. His quote, I'm proud to say I'm taking every cent from these eight games that we're playing, which for me will turn out to be $1,017,818.54 and donate that directly back to Black Lives Matter Australia, Black Deaths in Custody, and to a recent campaign that's called We Got You, dedicated to ending racism in sport in Australia. We don't know Patty Mills here very well. You've played him with him on the national team, and maybe you age group. I'm not sure how that worked out if you knew him in Australia when you were a teenager or not, but you've known him for a while. Uh, how much did this surprise you? How much did you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, well, that's Patty? Um, well, I knew everything that was going on because I speak to him every couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the campaign that, that we're running and um, – I've joined him with, with that, and hopefully I can be a, a reasonably kind of voice or part of that. But um, no, I, I mean I've known Patty since we were fifteen, and we've roomed together at the national. So like I've, I've spent probably way too much time with Patty. So um, no, it's not a surprise at all. And like I said, I was saying you know what's was happening, but um, he's very passionate about it, and, and um, uh, especially with kind of what's going on now to, to put this campaign forward and, and our, our goal is to um, basically eradicate the, the racism within obviously within Australia but within sport in Australia and there's a lot of athletes there that cop it online or um, at games there's been, been AFL games people going into the little things so um, glad I can be a part of that um, campaign with him I'm I'm curious because I know a few people who know way more about philanthropy than I do, and they they've told me how people, uh, how the the really um, uh, the really invested donors don't just want to donate to causes and feel good about it, but they want to get data back, metrics back, analysis back that they know they're making a difference, whatever the issue is they're working on. Yeah. Uh, so as someone who has done some donations here locally, and you're working with Patty on some stuff that's national, international. Uh, what kind of data can you get back? So it's not just the feel good of knowing you're willing to give up your money, and that's important. But not only are you willing to give up your money, but you know it's changing people's lives, and you get the data back, so you know that for a fact. How does that work going forward? Yeah, I mean, you you, you definitely kind of look into it, um, or have people kind of do it for you. Um, but you want to make sure, I mean, me giving whatever $50,000 to someone or a certain um, company or, or whatever it is um, might go nowhere near as far as, as it will with, with some, someone else or something else. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you try and do the best you can to find out as much information. And at the end of the day, you're, you're donating because you're trying to help. So you, you obviously want to make sure that, that the money's going to the, to the right place and um, yeah, you can get numbers and stuff. There's obviously a lot of different things. We've we've looked at things in the past and we've done different things uh, with the bushfires and stuff. Like, what, what's really going to help it at this time, or or is it is it people need help with 
with their living? Um, is it the volunteers that are, that are volunteering? And what, what's kind of most important? And um, obviously, with with what Paddy's doing, it's um, it's a really important time. And if he was deciding not to play, he, he does lose that money. So for him to play and um, decide that it's going to go to to that cause, which is he, he's super passionate about, um, he, he'll make sure it goes to to the right people. Here's something that's a little lighter, NBA news. And again, I thought of you when I read this. Jamal Crawford signed with the Nets as a replacement player. He's turned He turned 40 in March. He is 40 years old playing in the NBA. He's old. Can you imagine being 40 and playing in the NBA? No. no. There's not a chance that'll ever happen to me. Ever. Because? Because by the time I'm 40, I'll look 60. <laughs> Um, no, I just don't. No, I, I personally don't have the desire to play that long either. Um, I've been very lucky to, to kind of make what I make, and obviously, I, I, I still love playing. I, I, I love going out there, and I know one day that will die and that'll go away, and um, I'll have to figure something else out. But um, I've, I've never wanted to. I don't want to say like hold on because. Jamal isn't holding on, but um, I've never wanted to just play for the wrong reasons, for, for money or where I'm living or, or whatever it is. Uh, um, yeah, just when, when my time's up, I'll happily walk away, and I'm very, very confident that'll be a long, long time before I'm 40. <laughs> Would you like to be guarded by a 40-year-old guy? Think of the damage you could do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really happy for Jamal, because Jamal was one of the one of the guys at the Clippers that was awesome to me when I when I first got there and was first in the NBA and um, still would catch up with him every game that we, that we played and, and speak to him every now and then. And, um, I was reading something the other day. I mean, his last game, he had 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last NBA game he played, he had 50 points. Like that's, that's hard to do in your prime, never mind when you were, he would have been 39, 38, 39. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm happy he's back. You know, uh, Jeff Hornacek, when he was getting late in his career here, uh, playing with the Stockton Malone era jazz teams, said, you know, there's stuff I could do at an NBA level uh, long after I'm done playing, but there's just stuff. And with his, with him, it was his knee, and his knee was bone on bone and, you know, just running up and down the court for yeah. 82 games, which just got to be brutal, just so painful and all that. But, you know, you wouldn't get in a horse game with him for money when he's 60. You know, that would that'd be a bad idea. He'll never forget how to shoot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I get that, that at some point, you know, it, it slips away. Because uh, the, the thing I knew about Jamal Crawford, and you obviously know him different being in, but just watching him, I mean, he is such... He's so much fun to watch because he can he can score. I mean, my gosh, you just never know. And when he gets hot, it's unbelievable. And he did it to the Jazz, you know, more than once, where he just got hot and it was just unbelievable. It was like you knew it was coming and no one could do anything about it. And, you know, he hasn't played. He's 40. He's stepping in with the Nets. We're going to be way shorthanded. But I just hope he has one game like that while he's in Orlando. You know, just, I think he will. just one uh, time. I think He's too talented, and um, the, one of the funny things about like meeting him, and, and even then when I first got him, um, and he was just so like bubbly and energetic every day, and he, he just wanted to play basketball and, and just go out and hoop and 
kind of be free. That was his um, kind of like his escape, I guess. Like he would just go out and play. Um, obviously, like you said, his age. He's had a, a very, very long career, and I think it ended. Um, well, it was going to end um, a little bit sour with, with how it was going down, and um, I'm glad he got a, another opportunity um, before. I'm assuming he he would retire after this, but if he plays well, he he might might better get another job. So um, yeah, it'd be good to see him out there. Well, I've seen him interviewed. He's got a future in network TV if he wants it, and he may not want it. He may just want to be home. He's traveled enough and done enough stuff. He may not, you know, he doesn't have to work. He may not want to, but uh, he was. I just saw him interviewed like two weeks ago, and he was really good. So I, I would think that's out there for him if he wants it when he's finally done playing. Uh, for you, Joe, you're not done playing. You get to start playing here soon. And I'm curious, um, do, you, do you have to be careful in the first practice or two, not going all out when you haven't done this before? Dennis Lindsay was talking about, uh, he did an interview on the air, and he was talking about we need to be a little lucky you know, with the hamstrings and the back strains because guys are going to be ramping up here pretty quickly. And I'm wondering, you know, some, some people say never even think about injury because that's just a a waste of time and more likely to cause you to get injured or do you, you know, take it easy and maybe Quinn draws up a practice that doesn't push you guys too hard early on. How does this start up when you're, when you're allowed out of the room in a little while? Yeah. But, um, I mean, we don't, <laughs> we don't know too much of the, the practice plan yet. Um, but yeah, I, I the hard, the hard part is obviously, I mean, there's going to be some component of competitiveness in, in the practice and, that's when you usually kind of go harder or, or the, the pressure's on or it's kind of what, what we do it for, that that pressure and that um, the, the goals you, you set and all that. So um, it's going to be competitive and, and guys are going to be going hard. Like It's just you're not going to kind of go out there and not practice hard. And um, I obviously think our, our medical team and, and between Quinn and them and, and all that will have obviously been thinking of a plan for a while. So... Um, hopefully it's a good one. All right, Joe. Well, take care of yourself and uh, and take care of baby. You know, you took a lot of effort to get that coffee machine there. I don't want you to I'm mess that to thing up either. Stand up and turn it on right now. <laughs> Have you gone to the door to see what the food was at the door, or just leave it in the hallway? Eh, whatever. Well, the, the one. So we all got we all got a microwave in our room as well, which is obviously for the food because sometimes it's kind of like a. I mean, I can have a little piece. Of, Oh boy! I might grab that later. <laughs> I, think I'll have, I think I'll have coffee for now. <laughs> All right, all right, Joe. Well, good luck with the next few hours of quarantine, and uh, we'll talk to you again in a week. And I hope things work Thank out in the next week in Orlando. Thank you. Thanks. Sir. All right. Thanks, Joe. Joe Ingles joined us here. His weekly visit, and that that was classic. He's talking about the food, and the knock on the door happens. You I mean, it was perfect. Like. He, People, it's called, in TV, it's called natural sound, right? Nat sound is the short. Hey, edit the nat sound. When he says knock on the door, then you edit in the knock on the door. That was real life. Unbelievable. All right, DJ PK, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the jazz, not in Orlando, getting ready to broadcast remote. A limited number of people allowed to go. They had to they had to tighten up the act on everything, right? You gotta because you gotta have trainers there and you gotta have equipment guys there and you gotta have assistant coaches there. And then they found out that they were allowed to travel roughly half, maybe a little more than half. From sixty-five to thirty-five, roughly. Yeah. 
They had, I think, in Orlando or in Orlando, in Oklahoma City, I think they had fifty-eight on 58 that trip, on and the number trip. varies a little bit. Yeah. You know, how long is the trip? And Dennis doesn't go on every trip, but typically, you know, executives will go on a few trips over the course of a year. So, Bowler's not on the trip. The media folk aren't on the trip. We'll talk with Bowler next. PK at nine o'clock on ninety-seven five at twelve eighty the zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Equality is the most popular social justice message players have chosen to display on the backs of their NBA jerseys for the league's restart later this month. Jazz center Rudy Gobert will be among the players with the message on his jersey in Orlando. 17 players have opted to continue to use their names on the jersey. NBA Players Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts told the undefeated. Shorthanded Brooklyn Nets assigned veteran guard Jamal Crawford as a replacement player for the Orlando restart. They're reportedly nearing a deal with veteran forward Michael Beasley as well. And Spurs guard Patty Mills will be donating every cent of his salary that he'll earn in Orlando to help social justice movements. He'll be giving away more than $1 million. This Back to Basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. How each individual adapts to this environment and deals with it is going to dictate each individual's success and the team's success. This is so dramatically different than anything anyone's ever done before. From a social standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, from a game time standpoint, from a no-crowd standpoint. In some ways, I think it might be the best basketball we've ever seen. There'll be no distractions. No travel. Their rest will be very consistent. By the time we get to the second round of the playoffs in September, these guys will have been playing for two months. They'll be at their peak. They won't be tired like they've come through an 82-game schedule. It could be the best basketball we've ever seen. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, and he joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hello, DJ. How are you? I am good. When you watch the pictures coming out of Orlando, is there a part of you that is happy you're not in the bubble? (laughs) Oh my goodness! I can't imagine. Uh, you know, like like we've discussed. I mean, March 11 was one experience that I'll always remember, and now this one would be totally, you know, another. Uh, there's be some similarities, but man, I, the, the length of time would just be the most challenging. There's no doubt, the most challenging part of this whole whole ordeal. But I got to give credit to Adam Silver. It's a heck of a plan, and if it works and you're able to play some basketball and complete this season, then uh, maybe it's a plan that can be followed by others. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping for good things. You uh, you probably weren't watching the MLS opener last night. I was eating dinner and it was on, and I watched it for a while. I picked it up pretty deep into the game, but it was a little ragged. 
Now, the teams we're playing aren't especially good. One's an expansion team playing their third game ever. And the other team rarely goes to the playoffs. So, you know, it's if you were watching two teams from the bottom third of the NBA, you know, it's, it's going to look different, right? But it, it was ragged. It looked preseason-ish. But these guys haven't played games in four months. So what do you expect? Now, I don't know how perfectly this is going to translate to basketball, but I like both sports. And the thing that they have in common is they're free-flowing. And something... You know, it just it's not the the start and stop that baseball and football have. You know, it's a different feel. And when it's good, it's really free flowing. And, you know, as a broadcaster, it's it's like a wave, right? It can just pick you up and carry you when the game's really going and it's back and forth and it's really good. And when that's missing and guys are giving the ball away and all that, you, you really notice it. And oh, oh I, yes. this is just that was just two teams. Who knows how the other teams in the league will do as they debut? But I got to say, I was watching that, thinking, "How's this going to be for the NBA when it comes back?" Yeah, no, I'm. I'm uh, we're going to find out together. And it's uh, what is today the uh, the ninth, and we're three weeks out from actually the restart of the season. And the Jazz, of course, will be the the team along with the Pelicans to restart it at 4:30 Mountain Time. <laughs> um, but you know, DJ, you know, we, we were both on that Zoom call yesterday with yeah. Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck, and I thought it was intriguing um, from both perspectives. You know, he's uh, Justin's in, in Orlando; he's in the bubble, and Dennis is back in Salt Lake City. But someone asked him the question exactly that: What do you expect? And you know, and Justin also discussed it. But, you know, what I got out of that conversation was from Dennis first was he didn't really talk basketball at, at the beginning of the of the answer. It was about safety. It was about mental, physical health of his players. It was about making sure that the social injustice uh, continues to be heard, uh, those, those uh, statements from players. And then he got to basketball and he said, and I, I thought it was interesting because you know, without Bogdanovich and Mike Conley may miss some games, uh, you know, his wife's expecting at uh, sometime in mid to late August. And so I, he just said, I'll, I'll be happy if they compete. And I thought that was a, a, you know, a really straightforward answer, you know, from the top guy with the Jazz. And then Justin kind of answered it from the perspective of what he has seen so far. And, you know, DJ, it's it's hard to predict, but I think the team that really is more focused is one as a team, and maybe the Jazz will be. Maybe COVID, uh, the experience in Oklahoma City bonds them, and maybe the Rudy and Donovan situation will play itself out, uh, and we'll all we'll all see it. I think we're going to find out, you know, just how compatible they are on the floor on opening night. But let's not kid ourselves. You're right. Four months is a long time. They have three weeks starting today. If everyone comes out of the testing um, session negative, uh, they get on the floor, right, and they start the process. But some of those scrimmage games will be important, the three that they have scheduled, and then they play the eight games before the playoffs. So I would think playoff basketball may be much better, right? than what we see from the first scrimmage up through mid those mid fourth or fifth games of that those final eight games of the so-called regular season but look you're right the free flow of basketball the stop and start can destroy a broadcast because when it's happening and it's flowing it's a great sport but fouls free throws uh turnovers as fans know, it's just kind of a stop-and-go mess at times. But I'm sure we're going to see some of that from some teams. But those that seem to be maybe more in tune with each other and maybe take it more serious 
maybe those, uh, my feeling is some may not want to be there. It may be shown on the floor. It may show on the floor. Others have decided to make a run at it. I think we'll see that, that process as well. Well, I think the three scrimmages before the eight regular season games, before the playoffs, I'm, I'm counting on it looking pretty good when it gets to the playoffs. Uh, it should be, yeah. right? It better be. Are you going to televise the scrimmages? I know a lot of fans have been asking about that. Has that been decided yet? You know, I have not heard. We have a, a Zoom call this morning. Later, some maybe some more information will come out, and I'll, I'll you know hopefully you know maybe I don't know if radio will will be a part of that. The problem is if there's going to be a video feed uh, to actually have something to look at to right. call, and that's that's something we haven't uh, haven't heard. Um, it'd be fun to do. Obviously, jazz fans want to see jazz basketball, and the NBA does. Um, but we'll find out more uh, when we discuss some some options of what's going on. We're three weeks out, so things have got to start to be really kind of be, be a little bit more focused on exactly what what we'll do. But we'll call the games off the jumbotron. It's going to be interesting from the arena. Um, I'm talking an empty arena uh, with uh, thorough. Uh, you know, six feet down the the way from me, and uh, I think Matt's going to try to, uh, you know, invest you know his time as best he can from Atlanta. So we'll see. It's it's going to be a challenge uh, from from what hap- what happens in Orlando all the way back to Vivint Smart Home Arena. Well, I'll be judging you harshly because I've already done it, Bowler. So don't <laughs> screw up, okay? You know, I, we uh, Matt and I did it a couple years ago. Uh, Hawaii, years. right? Hawaii preseason because yeah. they had trouble getting a signal or a bounce point out of out of there. So I don't know. It was it just doesn't have the same feel. But as you know, our job is to try to bring energy, and that's what my my task will be to to try to get the feel. But you know, without that crowd and and no noise coming through your headset, it's it's unless the league will not delay it, and you can actually hear you know, the comments, but then again, the fear is you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. <laughs> you absolutely um, are. <laughs> so it's kind of a no-win no win situation there. Bowler, there's a 100% chance of <laughs> F-bombs in the forecast if they don't oh, delay. <laughs> and one, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about when the guys, uh, yeah, and you know, coaches, uh, you know, had the late Jerry Sloan been there, we would have been entertained, uh, I'm sure, throughout the entire four quarters, but uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's uh, again it's going to be a work in progress and i think everyone who listens i think will understand it's an, a huge undertaking uh just in the sense of getting this thing out of there for all the teams to have their own individual regional broadcast and then also share it with the national networks as well so it's a, it's a big big undertaking so one thing that has helped us uh with the soccer broadcast doing it remotely is that we have uh, a pair of eyes, sometimes two pairs of eyes there. Um, uh, there's a sideline reporter, and I, I don't think you'll have that. Kristen's not going, is she? No, no. Right, no. okay. So so take that away, and I figured it would. But we've also had a PR person um, on injury updates and on substitutions, and a little. And typically they will text Dunny um, while the game is going on. And so he'll have the heads up, and it kind of helps inform you of where things are going and the flow, and it doesn't catch you off guard when it happens. Will you have a pair of eyes there for when there's – most of the time you don't need it, but inevitably something happens and you do. 
you know, and it could be a controversial call. Hey, they're looking at this on the monitor. I know uh, when you sat down low, and occasionally you still do on the road, you know, sometimes you take the headsets off and you can hear what the ref's talking about. It's like, okay, now I see where we're going here. Uh, Do you have someone to provide that? I don't believe that we'll have someone during the game unless they can call in to Travis in the truck. I don't think I'll be able to hear anybody from that regard through my headset just to give me a heads up. On, on what's going on. So I may have just have to get that information via text myself or through uh, the truck who may be in contact there. I think the network will have a representative, of course, um, for, for those teams. But again, I think we'll have more clarity today. I'll ask some of those questions because that's the one thing that I, I'm concerned about is, is and you've, you've dealt with it, is you know, really tell me what's going on. Is there an injury? What the yeah. update is? Kristen takes care of those things as well. Walkoff interviews won't happen as far as I know. We may have a Zoom interview. Uh, and those are all things we're trying to work out to still give fans a feeling of, of the game and also what the players' uh, feelings and experiences are down there. I know Aaron, Aaron Falk, who once was a writer for the Tribune, who now is part of the social media team of the Utah Jazz is in the bubble. I've talked to him a couple of times, and I'm hoping we can use him, you know, in the broadcast as well. Yeah. Craig Bullerjack joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What did you think when you saw Jamal Crawford was back in the league at 40? <laughs> I'm thinking it's two amazing. things are going to happen. One, I want him to drop 40 at 40. I've always, I've always liked him, and I know he's come in. <laughs> And there are times it's like, he's really going to give it to the Jazz here over the next quarter and a half. Always he? has. He's just, Always has. He's just going you know, to give it to him. And he is one of the good guys. I talked to him, and I've always told him I just like the way that he's handled himself and plays the game. But I said, man, why, is it, why do you always just you know kick the Jazz around the gym? He just kind of laughed. But he said, you know, it's just some nights he's on. I said, well, you're usually on against Utah. But a good guy and a 40, you know, uh, I'm sure he he just wants to hoop. I'm you know I know Vince Carter called it a day at 42, uh, but I think Crawford hopefully you know maybe feels like he's got a year or two left and this will give him a chance to get back on that roster which he has and then extend that out maybe into December. We'll see. Well, but really good. I like him. He's a good guy and a very what a big time talent man. The guy. The guy's a sharpshooter. I just saw him do a national TV interview, and I thought this guy could easily do media. And he may not want to. He may have had enough, you know, and it's not for everybody. But I'm telling you, if he wants to, he can. It was so good. It was so entertaining. He had really good insights. He was joking around with a guy who interviewed him. You know, it was on remote. He was at his home and all that. It was just like... Wow, I don't, I think you're better. I think you're better shooting the ball than you are doing this stuff. But you're pretty good at doing this stuff. I think it's <laughs> going to come down to now. What's going to happen first? Is he going to drop forty on somebody, or is somebody going to run pick and rolls at him on forty consecutive plays? Uh, that would be a concern. I don't think defense is what they're looking for. It's mostly dropping forty if he can do it. Yes. And speaking of another guy with a, that has opportunity with a microphone, would probably be Carter, right? Yep. Uh, Vince, Vince Sanity could uh, uh, could maybe. Uh, make its way over to a network uh, broadcast. I'm sure that's the next step for him, too. Yeah. 
Uh, what did you make of the whole uh, ESPN and they get better access than local people do and they got anonymous quotes and Dennis thought the story was really good. Uh, did you come <laughs> away with any more insight into where the Gobert-Mitchell relationship is going? And I got to say that that interests me way more than where it's been. Uh, yeah. Who was pissed and why they were pissed? My gosh, we've, you know, like a cow chewing its cud. We have worked that over. So I'm really <laughs> curious about what it looks like going forward and, and, and how they play going forward. And I wonder if you got any more insight into that now. Well, you know, I, I thought it's interesting where those comments come from, right? Because uh, it's deep. And it's uh, very, you know, uh, deep comments from players and uh, higher-up officials in the Jazz organization. But, you know, sometimes, as we know, those statements come from agents, and those statements uh, are used or planted to benefit one or both players. And it was a very, you know, Tim McMahon wrote a a lengthy uh, column about the two. Um, I don't know, you know, DJ, I think – Again, both have said the right things. Uh, I think Dennis said yesterday that Rudy, he was happy that he owned it, was the quote uh, that he talked to the reporters about. And, uh, you know, Rudy has been pretty open, I think, and again, admittedly has matured and grown. Donovan upset, obviously, and it's about the ball. It's about touches. And I don't know how you do that because Donovan will continue to touch the ball, as will Mike Conley, as will Joe Ingles, in the way that Quinn runs his offense. And Rudy, of course, wants to be an offensive, you know, threat more than just at the rim. But I kind of make the, made this comment the other day on the Big Show that you know Rudy still has to prove, I think, to Donovan uh, that he's a consistent guy. Does he have a jumper? No. Does he have a sweeping hook shot? No. And so. That pass has to be entered perfectly or it's a turnover. And I think that's what upsets Donovan is, you know, the, the ability at times to finish. Now, Rudy on the offensive rebound and the putback is golden money. And that's, 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 that's a huge high percentage shot, as we all know. So I, I think this will be an interesting time to see if they work it out, so to speak. And then we'll see how it plays out, DJ, on the floor in Orlando. I think, I think, most fans with a trained eye will be able to see if indeed they fixed it and they are, quote, on the page, on the same page. Because both have stated, right, they want to win. And they want to they want to win a title. So to do so, they are going to have to be able to work together to make that, make that happen. And they have to do that on the floor. Not so much in the locker room, but they're going to have to really uh, be on that same page on the floor. And Donovan's going to have to trust Rudy more. That's just really the bottom line and the way that maybe Rudy expresses himself in the media about give me quote the damn ball (laughs) that probably doesn't really doesn't sit well you know with Donovan so I'm rambling but you and I've been around a long time we've seen you know superstars coexist and not coexist Shaq and Kobe had their issues Jordan has his but the beauty of the Jazz I think Stock and Malone were always you couldn't say one without the other. They knew that, but also it was an era of non-social media. So we really, re- we really never knew everything that was going on. So now we understand more and more because of just twi- you know little twits, tweets here and there. And that's when you, we started kind of understand what's really not right or wrong with, with this combination. But uh, the Jazz seemed to be, from what I got yesterday, DJ, in that conversation, uh, that they were uh, hopeful and committed to both players. Well, Bowler, enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your ability to drive up a canyon or something. 
and hang out and to not get tested every day or every other day or whatever uh, yeah, the protocol is. Would, the test is no fun. I'm sure that's going to be, uh, if that's happening every other day, that's going to wear out some guys. But uh, hopefully health will be on everybody's side. We'll get some basketball and we'll get a champion crowd uh, sometime in, in uh, October. Uh, whoever are the last two teams standing, I'm sure you'll you'll agree, that will be one incredible 70-day run uh, of discipline. And oh, I don't know how you know you don't break the fence or jump the fence, but it's it's going to be a, a test of wills, no doubt. Thanks, Buller. See you, buddy. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK's coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show at The Warehouse on Friday from 2 to 7 at 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! You know, some things never change, and right now it seems like everything is changing. So the familiar, even if it's negative, do you like it? Rasheem Mostert signed a three-year deal. As Yach pointed out, he's in his late 20s. This is probably it. He blew up, went for 220 yards in the NFC title game. He's got two years left on his deal, and now he wants to be traded if he doesn't get a new deal. Now, the Niners just signed him to a three-year deal, so they're not giving him a new deal. I would be stunned if they give him a new deal. He ran for 772 yards and 10 touchdowns. He wants to be traded. This is this story is so old. You just fill in a different... You can just write the story, and you can fill in the team name, and you can fill in the running back's name, or whatever player. It could be a wide receiver, it could be a linebacker, whatever, who has the big year. It happens all the time. Now, who knows if they're even going to be games and he's going to get paid at all. If I were the Niners, I wouldn't trade him. I'd let him say whatever he wants, and I'd just keep going. If it's a longer deal and he's broken out, maybe you do something. But when you just signed him for three years and there's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy, and he's having his breakout year this late on a really good team, yeah. I think you're betting you can plug somebody else in if you have to. Well, as multiple people po- pointed out on social media yesterday, the Shanahan family, of course, uh, Kyle is now the head coach of the 49ers. His father, Mike, had great runs with the t- running backs who were essentially also Rams. They they, play, they they drafted guys in the sixth round uh-huh. again and again and again, including a Ute. Yeah. Draft him in the Mike sixth Anderson, round. Yeah. yeah. Plug him in, get two big years out of him, move on. And Mostert's a guy who has made the league, he's stayed in the league simply due to his special teams play. He breaks out here. Why would you want to leave a system that has finally had you break through as the position you wanted to play all along? Because you're a running back and you want more money. And the window for a running back is so small. It is so small. You got 11 guys looking to punish you on every play. And quarterbacks don't get on every play, right? They hand off. They're not getting hit. 
And when you don't have the ball, alignment, sure, the linemen get hit on every play, but they also get to hit, you know? Whereas you have the ball, and occasionally you get to deal out the punishment, but guys are coming for you. And when you don't have the ball, you got to block. You're getting hit all the time, and you get worn down fast. All right, TJ and PK, when we come back, PK joins us. That was a bad day of college football yesterday. Do you, you follow all of that? Did you, North Carolina, 37 positive tests. They shut it down for a week. Ohio State didn't say how many tests, but there were enough that they're shutting things down. So those two teams aren't going through their workout practice uh, routine right now. The Ivy League said no football in the fall. Actually, no sports at all in the fall, but football being the most popular sport. No football in the fall. And then Stanford cut 11 sports. And PK was kind of trying to brace us for this yesterday. Uh, that the news was bad, but that wasn't, I wasn't braced for all of that. That was an avalanche of bad stuff right there. Uh, we'll talk with PK about hopes for college football going forward and plans for it. And he'll join us next. Stay with us.